Hey, what's up and welcome in everybody. I am Andrew Britton with a feature version of the Red, White and True podcast here, focusing on a singular topic. And before we get into that topic, I, I want to say a couple of things here, you guys. I, I'd like to think that at this point in time in the podcast, I've made it pretty evident and pretty clear that I love this country with everything that I have, with my entire being, not only for what it means to me, but what it ultimately means for my children and all of our children and the next generations of Americans that are going to grow up in this country. And I'm fighting and pushing to ensure that the next generations that follow myself and us have the same rights and opportunities. And America is the same free place that it has been for me growing up here. It's a big, bold country that we love. We are the last true free beacon on the face of this planet. The last place on the planet where ideas are powerful and we are allowed to have them. Tell them like it is. Now, we are seeing our current leadership, and I have laid this out in past podcasts, eroding away these rights. And this is why I decided to fight for this, to do this. I've already laid out that I didn't want to run for office. I love my job. I want to continue to do my job. And forgive me if my voice still sounds a bit weak, guys. I'm still healing from getting from being sick, but I think it's imperative that we continue to put information out there and we try to spread a message of facts and truth around to as many people as possible. Having said that, I would love for this podcast to grow to a point where I have a larger audience, where the message is being spread to more people. But the intention of this podcast was never to grow a gigantic following. Really, I, and I would love to earn that. I would love to earn that audience. I really would. But the original intention was to try and make fact-based arguments. Truth. Spread truth to try to impact one person. If I, if I could impact one person that could go to the ballot, Go to the ballot box as a more informed, educated voter and make a vote based on the facts that they've heard on this podcast. In whatever direction they choose, I feel like I will have achieved my goal. That's that's really it. I don't care what direction you vote, whether you agree with my particular stance on the facts or not and where the facts are leading us. If you understand those facts and you make an educated vote, I genuinely feel like I have done my job, done what I what I set out to accomplish, okay? But I also would like to say that I don't get paid to do this. Is it true? In fact, it costs me money to do this. That's not a large sum of money, but that's how important I felt like it was to spread this message. In a day and age that the things that I'm saying put me at risk of being canceled and put me at risk of being heckled and harassed by the woke cancel culture side of American society. I don't care about that. I care about America maintaining its freedom and its opportunities and our ability to say things, to speak opposition to situations. Of course. Okay. Ironically enough, this Ukraine situation has received a lot of bipartisan support, primarily because we have seen the horrifying, disgusting videos of what Russia is doing to the people of Ukraine on TV. This is one of the first wars, if not the first war, that we've been able to watch the horror of war live. 
and see the destruction and the atrocities that are committed. And it is extremely scary. Okay, but I want to make it known that I'm I'm not doing this for any other reason than to try to do a job that the media is not doing for us. The media has chosen a side. The media has chosen socialism. Yep, you're not smart. But even with that and the stance that they've taken sided with the progressive socialists, they self they've self-titled themselves this, the progressive socialists, okay? Even with that, I still fight for their right to believe in some of the ludicrous ideas that they have to try to push and spread socialism in this country. Guys, I've laid this out pretty clearly. Socialism is and will fail. True. Socialism has almost always ended in poverty and blood. That's true. But they have every right to believe that and say those things. And interestingly enough, in this particular situation with Ukraine, I actually agree with the progressive socialists and their perspective on this war in Ukraine and our involvement to continue to fund a government and a war, a proxy war with the Russians. And in this podcast, I'm going to lay out the facts and the evidence and the information that we are not being given from the mainstream media and from our government leadership about what's really going on in Ukraine from the Ukrainian government and Volodymyr Zelensky, a man that, like I previously said, has been described as the modern-day George Washington. Wrong is right. I promise you the facts and the information that are going to follow in this podcast say otherwise. A stark, stark contrast to a George Washington comparison. And I promise you, if you listen to what our politicians, our leaders are telling us, this war and funding Ukraine is much more about punishing Russia and destroying Russia than it is helping Ukraine. But our particular foreign policy right now has actually pushed our two largest adversaries together, Russia and China. This is unthinkably dangerous. Russia, the country with the most nuclear weapons of any country on the face of this planet, including us, is now working and creating a better friendship and relationship with China. This is extremely terrifying, and I can't think of how any responsible leadership, knowing the things that are out there about Ukraine and the type of government and the type of leadership that they have, have continued to put us in this situation where we have continued to fund this. And like I previously said, I actually agree with the progressive socialists on this particular perspective. What are you talking about? AOC, the woke progressive socialist activist acting as a politician, this is what she ran on, a progressive socialist agenda. And she gained huge support from the left. She's the one. She is their future. That is what she is, like Tulsi Gabbard once was, they believed. But Tulsi Gabbard wasn't willing to get in line. But AOC has been willing to get in line with the liberal agenda. That's true. She has jumped in line lockstep with everything the left wants to do. She has now enraged her own following her own followers. So I want to play a clip for you of AOC at a town hall meeting in her particular jurisdiction and two of her followers 
speaking out against her about how she has failed them, lied to them, and sold their ideology out. So take a listen to this clip. understand that the government and the mainstream media have taken advantage of the awful nature of the video that we have seen of this war so far, the despicable behavior of the Russians that we have blindly walked into this thing with an endless amount of funding to the point that at Disney a while back, John Stewart literally gave an award for bravery to a Ukrainian that has Nazi tattoos all over his arm. When he received the award from John Stewart, he had one of those spandex sports sleeves on. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, then I saw another image of this gentleman in a hospital bed in which he did not have the sleeve on and he has Nazi tattoos all over his arm. This is how little vetting and how little information the Ukrainian government and our mainstream media and our government is giving us, okay? You're a huge embarrassing failure. So in that clip, we have two staunch AOC supporters, progressive socialists, jumping all over her for selling her values out, for continuing to be a neocon war hawk, a warmonger that has jumped on board with every single liberal politician in Washington. Every single one of them have voted to continue to fund and instigate this proxy war that we have with Russia. The only resistance that has been given in this has come from Republicans. But we need to understand, okay, guys, the progressive socialists are the people who have given us wokeism and cancel culture, okay? When AOC is criticized there, she tells those two gentlemen she can't respond to them because they're being rude. Well, you're a United States senator. You should be able to respond to people who have oppositional thought to you, okay? We've seen her over and over and over again respond to criticism by calling people ageist, sexist, racist, misogynist, any type of name she can call them to try and devalue any comments that they've given to her that are oppositional, anything that she can do to show you the shiny object over here. So shiny. To take your eyes off of what the real issue is because she doesn't have an answer for it. I am not a fan of the progressive socialists. What they want to do will destroy America as we know it. Wild-eyed socialists. But guys, we have to critically think and analyze any situation we have like this before we blindly send money into situations that we don't even know the truth about. We have been censored on this issue also. We have been fed propaganda by the mainstream media and the government. 
Okay, the images that we see on TV about the Ukrainian people and what Vladimir Putin and the Russians are doing to them are abhorrent and disgusting. But also understand the image of their leader that has been built as if he is a modern day George Washington is false. Vladimir Zelensky is not what the mainstream media has portrayed him to be. Ukraine is not the democracy that they have been portrayed to be, okay? AOC, the neocons, and almost all of our Washington leadership walking us towards a nuclear war. And this is why, in that clip, those two gentlemen so vehemently oppose AOC and they feel so betrayed by her. They also mention Tulsi Gabbard in that clip because she just recently left the Democrat Party in which she has essentially been ostracized anyway because she so dared to have the right to free thought and free speech. How dare her think for herself and not jump in lockstep like AOC has with the entire liberal agenda that is destroying our lives as Americans, okay? But we need to understand the position of our leaders. Trust me, they know the facts about Volodymyr Zelensky. They know what type of guy he is. They know the way that he is running Ukraine, and he has been running Ukraine since before this conflict started. But just in case you don't know, here is the position of our president and Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader for the Republicans, on how far we're willing to go to stay in this proxy war with Russia, funding Ukraine until the end of all time. Second question is, uh, G7 leaders this week pledged to support Ukraine, quote, for as long as it takes. And I'm wondering if you would explain what that means to the American people. Does it mean indefinite support from the United States for Ukraine? Or will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer? We are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes. Not out of the woods. And as I've said repeatedly, America and our allies must be willing to help them win. First and foremost, that means serious, ongoing commitments to deliver more of the sorts of lethal capabilities that have sustained their resistance thus far. So you get it now? Right? Fund Ukraine, their war and their government, for as much as they want till the end of all time, for whenever they ask for it, despite the fact that we're living in. A time where we have 40-year highs in inflation. The economy is in dismal shape. We're heading into an economic crisis that's the worst that we've seen since the 2008 financial crisis. And yet, our leadership seems to not be paying much attention to that. The self-inflicted financial crisis that they've caused based on their destructive energy policy and their completely irresponsible overspending, which funding Ukraine is a part of, we are to be on board with continuing to fund Ukraine until the end of all time and don't dare ask any questions. Don't you dare ask any questions about this. And I can tell you that Volodymyr Zelensky doesn't feel much differently about our taxpayer dollars in funding his government and his war as our leadership does. As I'm about to play for you in this clip where Volodymyr Zelensky tells us a laundry list of billions of dollars that is needed to continue to support Ukraine. But no, not for the things that you'd think war-related things, right? No, but for paying for government salaries and 
Ukrainian pensions. That's what our money is going towards. Okay, listen to Vladimir Zelensky. He lays it out pretty clear for us here. To the United States of America, to President Biden and the U.S. Congress for their special support. Eight and a half billion U.S. dollars were directed to uh, fulfill our social obligations, such as paying salaries, pensions, and support of Ukraine's um, social sphere. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a second there. We're funding Ukraine's social sphere? Uh, what the hell does that even mean? But I digress. I'll let him continue with his laundry list. We have two uh, key financial needs of the country. That's $38 billion to make up for the deficit of our budget. That includes salaries of doctors and um, uh, teachers, social payments and pensions. That's guarantees of Ukrainian people's survival. And other $17 billion and needed to rebuild the critical infrastructure. We need also uh, in the amount of $2 billion to rebuild the electric energy infrastructure. We need credit limits to purchase gas and coal for the uh, future heating season. This support uh, should be not less than $5 billion. Counteraction against deficit and guaranteeing stability and scope up to $20 billion. This program needs to uh, be approved as the main source of uh, making up for the deficit. Terror has to lose. Ukraine has to win. Well, what else can you say there, guys? There it is. A list of demands. It doesn't sound like a list of requests. That is a list of demands for billions of American taxpayer dollars to continue to fund not the people of Ukraine in the war effort, not humanitarian funding and war effort funding, but continue to pay teacher salaries, doctor salaries, Ukrainian pensions, and completely fund the government, okay? for In a situation where Ukraine is under attack from indiscriminate bombing and missile strikes from Russia, this man... Volodymyr Zelensky seems to walk about awful freely, and he does a lot of satellite interviews and satellite communications in which his location could be reasonably easily determined by Russian cyber intelligence and cyber acts so that they could actually bomb where he is, find his location, and kill him. But he walks about awfully freely. He does all these interviews from satellite without any concern, which I'm not trying to lay out any conspiracy theories here. I just find it odd that if you're in hiding while your country's in war and your people are being murdered in the streets on camera, civilians, that he's freely walking about the country as if there's no concern for him. I find that odd. That's a mystery. Okay, but most importantly here is the fact that we are funding the entire Ukrainian government. And understand, we've been told that we're doing this because we have to protect democracy around the planet. We have to protect Ukraine's democracy. Well, Ukraine's democracy has very long been considered the most corrupt democracy on the face of the planet. So you ask yourself, there are some foundational pieces of democracy that you must have, right? Free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press... You must have these things in order to have democracy. They are foundational pieces that are required of democracy. That's true. Well, here's where we're going to start to lay out the evidence of how Ukraine and its government is not doing this. 
They are not implementing and exercising the type of democracy that we know and understand here in America. Well, that we've at least understood up to this point, and the people in charge right now are trying to destroy that, in which it seems like maybe they envy the type of democracy, air quotes, democracy that's been implemented in Ukraine by their president and their party majority party leadership there, okay? Please give me money. But I do want to say this. When this whole thing first started, and I saw these images on TV, and they were awful, I told my wife, if it wasn't for you and the kids, I would highly consider going over and help fight with the Ukrainians. I'm sorry. Excuse me? I, I, I really was that moved by the things that I saw. And I do have military background and military experience, so I felt like I could at least be a useful tool. But given my particular circumstance right now and the responsibilities I have to my family, it wasn't something that I seriously considered because of those reasons. My family needs me here as we struggle through life in America, all right? But as I longer and further investigated in and learned more about what's going on in Ukraine and the government that we are funding there, I became more and more concerned about what's going on as we are funding a government that is not exercising true democracy and we have no accountability for where any of this money is going. Wow, that's bad. I mean, he says we're funding their social sphere. I, I don't I don't even understand what that means or why the hell we would even be doing that. Keeping in mind that the United States is the primary wallet or pocketbook for the Ukrainians right now, not the European countries that are most directly affected by this war, but us. Like so many other things like the UN and the World Health Organization, we're the ones that pay for almost everything. And it's getting old and it's getting ridiculous because these organizations are not acting in our best interest. They look to us as the bank. We are the bank for the world. Anytime any atrocity is committed or anything bad happens, they look to the United States to pay for it and bail them out. So what are you saying? We cannot be the world's police. We cannot be the world's bank. In a time that we are seeing an avalanche of our own problems, we cannot get involved in and solve every problem that the world has. As much as we would like to solve every issue in the world, we cannot do that. And the best way for us to be able to be involved in solving as many problems as possible would be for us to look inward and make ourselves strong again. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Okay, if we're sending wartime and humanitarian funding to Ukraine, I would find that to be a bit more acceptable, even though it's still concerning that we're walking ourselves towards a nuclear conflict with Russia, a direct war with Russia, who has recently brought on Iran and China as allies. This is a huge problem. I'm going to play some Tucker Carlson clips here. And yes, I know, Tucker Carlson, right? Understand that Tucker Carlson is not what he has been portrayed to be in the mainstream media. He is not some right-wing crazy person. In fact, he's one of the few people in the media that are willing to look at simple legislation and things that are going on and criticize both sides for things that they're trying to put into place that are, I don't know, stupid or won't work. But we look to Tucker Carlson here for some facts, truth, and reality about what's actually going on in Ukraine because he's one of the few people that actually want to talk about it. So yeah, Tucker Carlson. 
Now smile, you look terrified. So I'm gonna play these clips and I'm gonna break in at certain points and make comments about the evidence that gets laid out about what's happening in Ukraine and the type of non-democratic leader that Volodymyr Zelensky is. So let's get into the first clip here. We'll play this, I'll break in, and we'll talk about it a bit. But please listen to this so we better understand the leader and the person that we are funding and the government that we are funding in Ukraine. Here's Tucker Carlson. But first, what exactly is democracy? Well, pluralism is the hallmark of it. In a democracy, citizens can have any opinion they want to have. They can express any opinion they want in public whenever they care to express it, including through mass media. If citizens are dissatisfied with their political leadership, they can challenge their leaders for office. Now, all of these things are true in every free country in any period, always. These are not just features of democracy. These are prerequisites for democracy. So with that in mind, you should know about a political party in Ukraine called Opposition Platform for Life. With 43 seats in parliament, it is the largest opposition party in that country. Over the weekend, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, banned that party. Opposition Platform for Life is now prohibited from, quote, all activity within Ukraine. So with a single command, Zelensky made it impossible for anybody to run against him for president. He did this not just to Opposition Platform for Life, but to 10 other political parties that he believed were insufficiently loyal to him. They're all illegal now. Oh, okay. So the modern George Washington is implementing acts of a totalitarian, authoritarian regime and acting more along the lines with a fascist dictator. But it gets worse. But Zelensky took the opportunity to turn Ukraine into effectively a one-party state, which it now is. So having banned all opposition, he then seized control of the country's media outlets. Zelensky signed a decree that combines all national television channels into a single platform that he controls. He described this as a, quote, unified information policy, and it certainly is unified. Oh, okay. So in this bastion of democracy, freedom of thought, the marketplace of ideas, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press are now gone. Foundational pieces of democracy. So it's sounding less and less like an actual democracy, right? But it gets worse. Zelensky has been solidifying complete control over Ukraine for a long time, since long before the Russian invasion and the war. Last year, he had his main political opponent arrested and his assets seized by the state. At the same time, Zelensky shut down three of Ukraine's most popular television networks, channels that, not coincidentally, had criticized him. This is authoritarianism. It's not democracy. The United States is a beacon of hope and freedom to the rest of the world. How do we maintain that inspiring position? Not simply by sending people missiles, but by remaining free ourselves. And with that concern in mind, you should be very worried by your leader's response to what's happening in Ukraine, the growing dictatorship there. And that's the word for it. On the very same day that Zelensky shut down opposition media and all opposition political parties, professional liar and Atlantic Magazine pundit David Frum posted this on Twitter verbatim, quote, Ukraine may be the first example in human history of a country that under the pressure of war is becoming more tolerant and more liberal. So when you outlaw all criticism of yourself, that's called tolerance. It's called democracy. Right, 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 right. Because banning oppositional thought, banning free speech, taking control of state-run media, and imprisoning your political opponents is democracy, right? But I think if we look at this, we can start to see maybe why some of our politicians are such in favor of this. Because 
it sure seems like kind of what's been going on here in the United States, where Donald Trump is constantly under attack from the left in a multitude of ways, being raided at Mar-a-Lago, being sued by the state of New York, all of these things going on. Conservatives being jailed and imprisoned for citing their beliefs all over the country, the FBI and the DOJ weaponized against oppositional thought. So it's not a far reach to see and understand why many of our politicians so support this dictator, this emerging dictator in Ukraine. This isn't saying that what's happening to the Ukrainian people is okay. It's not. It's terrible what's happening to the Ukrainian people. But we need to take a look at how we are funding this, what we are doing, and taking accountability for where the money is going. So again, Ukraine was invaded by its neighbors, and we oppose that. We should oppose that. But that doesn't mean Ukraine is a democracy. It's not. And we shouldn't tell Americans it is, because that's a lie. We should tell the truth. But virtually no one is telling the truth. Everyone is lying. Do you think Adam Schiff and Kamala Harris or Mitch McConnell would pause for even a second before banning their political opponents for running from office in this country? Do you think they would hesitate before pulling this show off the air forever? No, of course not. Then they call it democracy because Zelensky is exactly the leader they would like to be to make everyone who complains shut up at gunpoint. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, but that actually feels true. I mean, politicians on the left, the entire Democratic Party has gone this direction, but also establishment politicians on the right who hate this new populist America first agenda because this movement is attempting to give the power back to the people in which this country was created for and supposed to be controlled by. It seems like the Democrats and establishment Republicans seem more concerned about their own power, their own interests, and the power that they wield over the American people in the world. This is terrifying because nobody seems to have an interest in the types of critical debate and oppositional thought that created this country, that made this country the beacon of hope for democracy for the world, a system of government and free market capitalism that empowered the people, that created a middle class, a middle class that socialism itself did not think. Karl Marx himself was completely surprised by the emergence and the enriching of the middle class in the United States of America. Understand, he did not think that this would happen, so he had to change his own theory and his own thought. But Tucker's right. Do you think for a second that many of these American politicians would pause for a second to cancel and to shut down any oppositional thought or anybody who would potentially run against them for office? Of course they wouldn't. And the decisions that they make and the things that they stand for and the policies that they vote for lay this out pretty clearly. And like I previously mentioned earlier, while I don't agree with a damn thing, pretty much 99.99% of what the progressive socialists believe in, I do agree with them on this particular issue in that we are pushing ourselves closer towards a nuclear war with Russia and China and Iran. This is not a good thing for the United States, the globe, or humanity at all. So my point being here is that we need to be very careful about how we proceed forward here, and we need to be very careful about who we support and why we support them, be it militarily or financially. As the last free beacon 
of hope and democracy on this planet. It is our responsibility to maintain these foundational virtues and these foundational ideas that created America and continue to keep us and make us free, the most free country on the face of the planet. If we fail, I promise you democracy across the rest of the world will fail and freedom of people, creation of middle class, which is the primary bulk of America that gives us the ability to live the American dream, will die. And it's one of the reasons why what's going on in Ukraine and what we're doing is so critical not just for the Ukrainians, but for us. And it's one of the reasons why, given the evidence, I'm arguing that in order to truly help the Ukrainian people, we need to rethink the way that we are approaching our involvement in this proxy war that is more focused on destroying Russia than helping Ukraine. But in the meantime, a war is being waged in America's name with our money. So it's fair to ask how the side we are backing is doing. Clearly, there are an awful lot of heroic Ukrainian citizens. We see them all the time on television. We applaud them. We admire them. But how's the government doing? How is it behaving? Again, we have a right to know, even if state-controlled media in Ukraine won't report it, even if our sort of state-controlled media here downplays it, dismisses it. Here's a man called Gennady Druzenko. Druzenko is a medic in charge of a field hospital in Ukraine. He's appeared on CNN. In this clip, he casually announces that he has ordered the castration of captured Russian soldiers. Watch. Okay, I'm sorry for this, but unfortunately, I can't play the actual clip, but I let Tucker do the lead-in to explain what's going on in this particular video clip that he plays. And it is a video clip uh, with this gentleman speaking in Ukrainian with captions underneath of it. So needless to say, that doesn't play very well on an audio podcast. But what he's saying, what this Ukrainian military member is saying in this message is that they are castrating Russian soldiers that are captured by the Ukrainians. And I don't say this to say that all Ukrainians and the Ukrainian people are bad because I do not believe that. What I believe is that we are being lied to about who their leadership is and what they stand for. And we're using democracy as the flag to continue to support them. This is the banner that they are flying in order to tell us, the American people, that we need to continue to fund them until the end of all time. So understand, this is a violation of the Geneva Convention. You cannot kill POWs or castrate POWs. And this Ukrainian military leader describes these Russian POWs, which in all likelihood, they're probably just young Russian men who have been forced to fight in this war by Vladimir Putin, who again, is not a good man, but he describes them as cockroaches, not people, in an effort to dehumanize them so that it becomes more okay to do despicable things to them, okay? And again, I'm not saying I support Russia's cause or what they've done. It's despicable, but yet still, these young Russian soldiers are still people and human beings operating under a dictator, Vladimir Putin, who is forcing and lied to his soldiers to execute this war. But yet, I do still hold those individual Russian soldiers accountable and responsible for their own deplorable and despicable actions in this horrendous war. Okay, but I'm going to go ahead and let Tucker finish out the thought for this particular segment, because I think his finishing statements are very powerful, and I don't think that I could say them better myself. So here's Tucker again. Cockroaches, not people. Now again, 
That doesn't mean the broader Ukrainian cause is unjust. It is just. They were invaded. They have a right to fight back and expel the Russians from their country. And for the fifth time, we're rooting for that. But we're paying for this, so we have a right to know exactly what's happening. That video, by the way, disappeared. But you may hear it dismissed as Russian propaganda, just like Hunter Biden's laptop was. But it's not Russian propaganda. The man you just saw speaking has confirmed the video is authentic. He apologized for it. So when you see them admire someone who's shutting down any opposition to him, you should pause. And guys, Tucker Carlson is absolutely right there. We should pause. We should stop for a second and we should analyze the situation, gather the facts, figure out the truth and better understand what is our best way to be involved in this particular situation. Because we find ourselves in a situation where we are closer to nuclear war than we have been since the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s. This is a terrifying development, especially when you consider a lot of the information and a lot of the stories coming out of Ukraine are propaganda lies from their state-controlled media. You are fake news. All right, so there were some recent news stories that came out from Ukraine that were intended to inspire us to continue to support them and fund them in everything that they have going on, including their government and their social sphere. All right, so there are some recent military stories, and then there was a recent, recent plane crash in Ukraine that exposed a real problem that's going on in Ukraine in regards to the lack of accountability of where the money is being spent and how the weapons we are sending them are being used. Understand that we are sending them money and weapons with and not following up at all on where these weapon systems are going or how the money is being spent, okay? So I have another Tucker Carlson clip here that provides even further information about Ukrainian lies and propaganda from their state-run media that the same message is being copy-pasted from our media to us. Our media is pushing Ukrainian propaganda on to us in an effort to keep us enthusiastic about funding this continuing conflict, pushing us closer to nuclear war. So here's the Tucker Carlson clip. We'll roll through this thing. Let him point out some of the recent news stories. Talk to the expert that he has on there. We'll jump in, make some comments. And at the end of this thing, we'll conclude all the evidence that we found and we'll wrap this thing up. So here's Tucker Carlson again. There's really only one thing that pretty much everybody in Washington agrees on, and that is our borders don't matter at all, but Ukraine's borders are holy, and therefore the government of Ukraine, the authoritarian government of Ukraine, needs tens of billions of dollars from U.S. taxpayers immediately stop complaining, and by the way, indefinitely, forever. Both parties in Washington agree with this. So yesterday, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, was asked about the inflation that the funding of his country is causing here. And his response was this, and we're quoting, inflation is nothing. Who is thinking about inflation? These things are secondary. So Ukraine's leaders are really not hiding it anymore. They have total contempt for us. They just want our money. They don't care about the United States even a little bit. This is not democracies uniting in solidarity. This is a scam. Every other week, Zelensky has appeared in public. You may have noticed this with U.S. politicians. It's kind of weird that he never seems worried about his own safety since this is a war zone. But Ukraine has gotten away with it because with the complicity of the American media, they have from day one waged a fierce information war. They lied about the ghost of Kiev. They lied about the island where the troops told the battleship to F off. They keep lying. Now, Todd Wood is the founder of CD Media. He's a former special operations pilot. He joins us tonight. Todd, thanks so much for coming on. So at a certain point, we're funding not simply his war, but his government. And we don't even know where the money's going. And clearly a lot of it's being stolen. 
this recent plane crash in Greece with a Ukrainian cargo plane uh, with the, uh, eight Ukrainian crew members who all died and perished because the plane was loaded with explosives and, and weapons. The narrative was it was coming from Serbia to Bangladesh, but I, I find that extremely hard to believe. What is happening is that the weapons are getting sold. This money is not getting to where uh, we think it's going, that is for sure. How any responsible person could send billions in advanced weapon systems into a war zone and then make no effort to track what happens to them next. Oh, of course. This is a safe space for criminals to do whatever they want. They want no accountability. There needs to be some kind of immediate uh, negotiated settlement because the Ukrainian people are suffering. Uh, but either they have pushed too far and, and now they're getting the pushback uh, from the Russian Federation or they want a war with Ukraine, which is what I fear and why we need adult leadership in the White House. Yeah, and yet everyone in Washington fell for this. And I think that clip is a perfect wrap-up of almost everything that we've laid out, all the evidence that's been laid out in this podcast. Tucker talks about the propaganda lies from the Ukrainian media that are being pushed by our media, the same propaganda the Ukrainian state-run media is putting out. Those same lies and stories are being told to us by our mainstream media. You are fake news. In an effort to keep us unequivocally and unquestionably supporting Ukraine and the funding of this effort until the end of all time. Because we have to save this democracy. We have to save this bastion of democracy that is Ukraine. That is the banner that they are flying. The democracy banner to keep us funding this particular situation. And I hope the evidence in this podcast and the stories laid out and the information in this podcast help anyone who listens to this better understand that we have to change or at least take a look at and adjust the manner in which we are supporting this situation. To not do that is complete idiocy and irresponsible given the place that this is leading us. Again, we are leading ourselves closer and closer to nuclear war. Joe Biden even acknowledged this about a week ago and yet still isn't doing anything about it. In fact, he went on vacation after speaking at whatever event he was at and telling us that we are that close to nuclear war, as close as we have been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is absolutely mind-boggling to me. And I don't understand how the media is allowing itself to have this messaging from state-run Ukrainian pop propaganda and just pushing it along to us without any question or concern of whether or not it's actually true. Can't you stop lying? And I want to say again, I admire the guts and the fight and the will of the Ukrainian people to defend their own sovereign borders and their own sovereign land. They were invaded by the Russians needlessly and without any legitimate reasoning. So I completely support their right to fight back and defend themselves to try and push the Russians out of Ukraine. Because I think it's imperative that we know that back in April, the Russians and the Ukrainians had come together and they were having a debate or talking about a ceasefire and how they could bring this conflict, this war, to a peaceful ceasefire conclusion. The reporting was that 
the Russians and the Ukrainians had come to an agreement that there was a certain amount of land that Ukraine was going to concede. Russia was going to agree to cease fire, end the war, and it would have been the end of the conflict. Apparently, based on reporting, and you can look this up, the European countries were on board with this. They thought that this was a manner in which we should proceed. It wasn't until the United States, us, and the Biden administration got involved that that ceasefire fell apart because we did not support it. That's crazy, Tom. Guys, that is a fact. Go look it up. That happened. But I bet you don't remember seeing that story in the news at all. Hmm, that's strange. So this is the kind of stuff, these are the kind of questions that I have based on all the evidence that I've laid out in this podcast as to why are we continuing down the same path with unlimited funding and zero questions and zero accountability about the weapon systems and the money that we are sending to Volodymyr Zelensky. Please give me money. Which I have laid out is a totalitarian, authoritarian dictator. Ukraine is not a democracy. That's true. Okay? If you gave me all the power, the magic wand, to make a decision on what our approach should be moving forward in Ukraine, this would be my position. Oh, no! You look terrified. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, settle down. It's not going to be that bad. I promise. I know it's a little bit scary to think that you're going to put me in charge of this particular situation for the day or however long it takes to settle this situation. But it's an easy thing to do. For me, given the the facts and the fundamentals of the evidence that has been laid out in this podcast against the Ukrainian leadership and the manner in which the United States is handling the funding of the Ukrainian government and this proxy war supporting Ukraine against Russia, threatening nuclear war. So the fundamentals of my conditions are very, very simple, okay? I would call a meeting with Volodymyr Zelensky and all major Ukrainian politicians. I would ensure that all major public media outlets from around the world, United States, Europe, and everywhere else included, are all invited and on board with documenting and recording this particular meeting. I would also demand that this meeting be made available live to all Ukrainian citizens. And it only makes common sense. And I would also ensure that Volodymyr Zelensky has his interpreter with him in the off chance that he misunderstands any of these conditions that I'm about to lay out. Condition one, the primary backbone and foundation of any democratic government, any democratic society, is the freedom of speech. That's true. The freedom of opposition thought, the freedom of the marketplace of ideas. That must be immediately returned back to the Ukrainian people. Next, the release of any political opponents and political adversaries from jail and the return of all seized assets during the arrest and prosecution of those said individuals. Next, unban all political opposition parties, the parties in which you banned because they didn't agree with you or criticized you, President Zelensky. Next, the restoration of all state-run media back to the Ukrainian people. Come on, man! Returning freedom of press of all media outlets back to the Ukrainian people giving them the opportunity to report freely on the issues and situations going on within Ukraine without any government interference. And lastly, President Zelensky 
while we understand you have been a symbol for strength and courage and loyalty and commitment to your people and to this war, that narrative has been falsely propped up by your propaganda and by the subjective reporting by the American media to continue to support the propaganda narrative being pushed by your state-run media. You are fake news. So given this, while we appreciate the things that you have done to try to help support your people, the sins that you have committed against democracy are too, too great. You're not a nice person. So we request and we require that you step down as president of Ukraine. You're fired. And hold a free and fair election, an emergency election, to appoint a new president elected by the people, for the people, to lead the people through this conflict. Understand that if all of these demands are not met, the United States will no longer continue to support the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian people in this conflict against the Russians. So I challenge you to this, President Zelensky, if you genuinely care about your people, if you genuinely care about democracy, if you genuinely care about your people living free, fair, and equal lives in an attempt to mirror the democracy that is led by and given example by the United States of America, you will step down immediately and you will meet all conditions laid out on this list in an opportunity to save your people from further suffering. We can no longer support the false Ukrainian democracy that is portrayed via propaganda while continuing to act like your actions are somehow in the spirit of democracy. Because, sir, they are not. That is a lot. Now, I do not speak for our European allies and any other allies in the region. If they so continue to support you in the manner in which you are currently constituted, that is on them, not us. If they support a socialist, totalitarian, authoritarian, dictatorship, false democracy, that is on them to support that. Wild-eyed socialists. They clearly have pushed these types of policies and legislation in their own countries, which is why they're at risk of freeze-out this winter. So it is unlikely that the European Union will be able to provide any financial support or military support that will amount to anything giving you an opportunity to continue to fight back against the Russian invaders. Please give me money. So, my challenge to you again is this, President Zelensky. Step down, meet all conditions on the list, and then, once that is done, we will bring the Ukrainians, our European allies, and UN allies to the table with Ukraine, and Russia in an effort to diplomatically solve this conflict and this war right now, peacefully with a ceasefire, in an effort to prevent any more death from occurring from this senseless, needless invasion that was perpetuated by the Russians and Vladimir Putin. You should be ashamed of yourself. Speaking to you, Russia, we would also encourage you to potentially rethink your strategy on how you would like to proceed forward with this particular war and conflict or rethink your leadership. But this is something that we can talk about when we get into our meetings 
when we try to come up with a peaceful resolution to this particular situation. However, if the Ukrainians and the Russians are able to come to an amicable solution that both sides agree with, this will be honored by all parties involved, including the United States and all UN and EU allies. Regardless of what the outcome of this resolution is, it will be chosen and agreed upon by representatives of Russia and the people of Ukraine. This will provide a bloodless resolution to this already too bloody conflict. So I say again, in the true spirit of democracy shown to the world by the United States of America, please meet all conditions and terms on the list immediately so we can proceed forward to try and save lives and reduce the amount of bloodshed that is still to come in this brutal and gruesome war. Tell them like it is. I'm doing my best, President Obama, but there it is, guys. That is my hypothetical message to Ukraine, the rest of the world, and to Russia on an amicable solution to the end of this war. You guys, I understand that there's probably going to be some people that don't agree with this position, maybe because they haven't actually heard the facts or the truth about what's actually going on in Ukraine. But after laying out the facts and the evidence, I think it's pretty clear that we need to at least reconsider our position and our involvement in this war, especially given the fact that it seems to be leading us directly towards nuclear war. And that's terrifying, especially when that same fact has been acknowledged by our own president, which I'm sure he was fed that information by his intelligence people. Not that they've been right a whole lot lately. You're a huge embarrassing failure. But Russia does have more nuclear weapons than any country on the face of the planet. Literally, energy and nuclear weapons are what make Russia powerful. If it wasn't for the nuclear weapons, Russia would be an everyday run-of-the-mill, top 20-sized economy with a very underwhelming military, as we've seen in Ukraine. True. And you know, our second president, John Adams, has a quote that I've always found interesting. And that quote is, facts are stubborn things. And they really are. Because it's hard to get around facts, right? Somebody telling the truth about a situation is always going to have the advantage to somebody who's lying. And so I close the show by saying this, the same things that I always say at the end of the show. I encourage you to chase the facts, find the facts, seek the truth, because that will lead us to the best, most informed, educated decisions, which is what smart people do. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys when they have to make any kind of decision, especially difficult decisions. But guys, I'd like to thank you for joining in on the podcast and listening, having the courage to push the play button on this thing. I really appreciate it. You can find us at rwtrue.com. That is R-W-T-R-U-E.com. You can scroll down to the bottom of the page, click the Facebook button on social media, and that will take you to the Facebook page. Uh, on Facebook, we are red white and true podcast you can find us on facebook like us follow us put comments on the page anything that you agree with disagree with respectfully please i will not respond and i will not leave up disrespectful comments on the page i am doing this respectfully and respect respecting everybody else's ideas comments and thoughts so please be respectful please but you can also put up ideas for 
future podcasts or issues that you'd like to hear about. I'd, I'd love to research things that you guys want to hear about. The podcast has, has really spread and, and grown to areas of the country and around the world that I, I didn't really anticipate. So I've been really pleased and really excited to do this. I, I hope that the message is getting to places. I hope it's getting to people and I hope it's making an impact, especially leading up to the midterms here where it is critically important that we make informed, educated votes to try to ensure that we save our country from radicalism and socialism. But guys, remember, always seek the truth. Always find the truth. Continue to love America. Continue to be an educated, informed voter. And continue to support the Ukrainian people and love your fellow Americans. So, I'm Andrew Britton with the first feature version of Red, White, and True podcast on Ukraine. And I'd like to thank you for joining us here. And always remember, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. I love America. God bless America.